Well, hello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. Welcome to another episode of the Jack Benny Show, plus the Phil Harris Show, plus another Jack Benny Show. But we'll start with 1953. In November 8th, 1953, Jack was visited by Tony Curtis. He would do a spoof on Tony Curtis's new movie, All American. And Tony Curtis has been in hundreds of films, just an amazing actor. Uh, his best, probably his three best known parts that I can think of are probably Spartacus with Kirk Douglas and The Defiant Ones with Sidney Poitier where they're chained together and it's about a bigoted, he plays the bigoted white character. I think he was nominated for an Academy Award. He may even won one. I'm not sure on that one. And then the third one would probably Some Like It Hot with Jack Lemmon playing the other character in that film and Marilyn Monroe, of course. Uh, and a, a great film. So three, three absolute classic films and then hundreds of other films, some of them being classics as well. Uh, probably right now, I guess it's interesting because his daughter, Jamie Lee Curtis, was in the number one film just a couple weeks ago. It might even be number one still. I don't know. It's uh, the remake of Halloween with her. It's a sequel to Halloween. Probably her last Halloween, I would assume. But uh, she's getting great reviews for it, and it was the number one film. And she is, of course, the daughter of Tony Curtis. Now, after that, well, before we move on past that, let me just tell you this. Uh, it's about my favorite episode of the season so far. Just some great bits. Fantastic episode. Bunch of new stuff that you don't hear in other Jack Benny shows. So it's always neat to hear new material that he does. Uh, he has six writers at this point because he has the writers from television helping write the radio show as well. So they really put together some amazing stuff. Uh, after that, we have the Phil Harris Alice Faye show and their focus is... From Here to Eternity, which was again was another gigantic, wonderful film, and uh, it's I don't know if they're going to do a spoof on it. I haven't really heard the episode yet, but uh, their episodes are always very enjoyable. And after that, we get to spend some time with Jack Benny, going back ten years to 1943 in uh, November 7th, 1943, and he's going to be uh, on a, the Marine Corps Air Station at Mojave, at the Mojave Desert. So. That should be interesting as well. So I hope you enjoy all three shows. And without further ado, let's get on with the show. Enjoy. The Jack Benny Program, transcribed and presented by Lucky Strike. Lucky's taste better. Cleaner, fresher, smoother. Lucky's taste better. Cleaner, fresher, smoother. For Lucky Strike means fine tobacco, richer tasting. Fine tobacco. Lucky's taste better. Cleaner, fresher, smoother. Lucky Strike. Lucky Strike. Friends, after all is said and done, the reason you or anybody else smokes a cigarette can be summed up in one word, enjoyment. And certainly the enjoyment you get depends entirely on the taste of a cigarette. Put it this way, smoking enjoyment is all a matter of taste. Well, the fact of the matter is Lucky's taste better. Cleaner, fresher, smoother. Here's why Lucky's taste better. First, they're made of fine tobacco. Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. Fine, naturally mild, good-tasting tobacco. Second, Luckies are actually made better. Made round, firm, fully packed, to always draw freely and smoke evenly. 
Yes, fine tobacco in a better-made cigarette gives you better taste every single time. After all, smoking enjoyment is all a matter of taste. And the fact of the matter is, Lucky's taste better. You'll know that's true the minute you light up a Lucky. So next time you're shopping for cigarettes, get the carton with the red bullseye, Lucky Strike. Be happy, go lucky, get better taste today. The Lucky Strike program starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Rochester, Dennis Day, Bob Crosby, the sportsman for 10 years, truly done. And now, ladies and gentlemen, I give you the star of our show, a man who for years has won the highest accolade of critics and public alike. Oh, Don, please. A man whose unique abilities have brought him to the pinnacle of success and whose... Oh, I can't read this stuff. You'll read it and like it. Now, go ahead. A man whose talent is exceeded only by his modesty. And here he is, Jack Benny. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hello again, this is Jack Benny talking. And Don, I don't see why it should be so hard for you to say a few nice things about me. But I'm happy you managed to struggle through that introduction. Well, Jack, the only reason I did was because I was afraid you'd fire me. Don, I couldn't fire you. Why not? Because this happens to be National Save Your Fat Week. <laughs> That's why. Oh, come on now, Jack. There hasn't been a National Save Your Fat Week since 1944. Don, Edward R. Murrow can be topical. I have to be funny. <laughs> Anyway, you know what today is, don't you? Yes, yes, I do. It was exactly 20 years ago today that I agreed to go on your show. Oh, gosh. Jack, have you and Don really been together that long? We sure have, Bob. And right from the start, it was a wonderful association. No arguments, no bickering, no lawyers. That's right, Bob. He just tattooed the contract on my stomach and let it go at that. <laughs> And every year, there's been room for new closets. <laughs> Don, I don't... Come in. Uh, telegram for Jack Bunny. <laughs> Over here, boy. Hey, it's from Dennis. Anything wrong? Let me read it. Dear Mr. Benny... I may be a little late for the show today as I have to get my shoes shined and my car washed. I'm also eloping to Niagara Falls. <laughs> Dennis, eloping to Niagara Falls? What a crazy kid. I didn't even know he had a girl. Out of a clear blue sky, Dennis elopes. Couldn't get married like everyone else with a ceremony and guests and a nice violin solo. <laughs> Oh, well, if Dennis... Uh, uh, pardon me, Mr. Benny. Oh, are you still here? Well, I hate to mention it, but 
When one delivers a telegram, it's customary for one to get a tip. Oh, oh, of course. <laughs> now, how much do you usually get? Well, uh, that's up to you. Uh, I wouldn't want to influence you in any way. Well, let's see. Uh, do you mind if I use your phone a minute? No, no, go ahead. Uh, hello, Martha. Uh, this is Hyman. Hey, how's Grandma? Oh, not any better, huh? Well, what can we do? We can't afford medicine for the baby either. <laughs> but, but, Mark, if we spend that money on medicine, we won't be able to buy any food. <laughs> huh? The landlord was over? What'd he say? only going to give us two more days. Huh? <laughs> well, I'll, I'll try to see what I can do, Martha. <laughs> Keep up your courage. Bye. <laughs> Control yourself. Control yourself. Here. Here, I've got a tip for you. Oh, gee, thanks, mister. I... Oh, no, no. What's the matter? For a lousy time, I just wasted a routine I could have used on Strike at Rich. <laughs> That's all the change I have for a tip. Anyway, I'm doing a radio program now, so why don't you wait? Oh, hello, Mr. Benny. Dennis, what are you doing here? I thought you were eloping. Oh, that's all off. All off? What happened? Well, this morning I was about to propose to the girl, and I really saw her for the first time. You mean... She's got long, stringy hair, beady eyes, bad complexion, a mean face, and she's as big as a horse. <laughs> Gee, she sounds like a mess. Yeah, boy, am I glad she turned me down. <laughs> She turned you down? Oh, I don't care. I'll marry her twin sister. Oh, fine. You should see her twin sister. She's got a figure like Marilyn Monroe, legs like Betty Grable, hair like Rita Hayworth, and a face like Ava Gardner. Dennis, if the other girl is so ugly, how could her twin sister be so beautiful? You and Ed Murrow can be technical. I have to be funny. <laughs> Sing your song, will you? Ci vo sonari, chi si suona un friscaletto e come si suona un friscaletto, un friscaletto tipiti tipiti ta. E combari, ci vo sonari, chi si suona un saxofona, ma come si suona un saxofona, tu 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 saxofon. Un friscaletto tipiti tipiti ta. E gumbari, ci vo sonari, chi si suona un violino, ma come si suona un violino? A zing, a zing, un violin, tu 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 saxofon. Un friscaletto tipiti tipiti ta. Ci vo sonari, chi si suona alla trombeta, ma come si suona alla trombeta? 
gentlemen, for our feature attraction tonight, we are going to do our version of Universal International's classic of the gridiron, All-American. Hey, isn't that the one where uh, Tony Curtis stars as a football hero? That's right. In fact, tonight, I'm playing his role. Oh, but Jack, Tony Curtis is so young. How can you even think of taking the part he played? Look, there's no sense in arguing because I'm going to play the Tony Curtis part and nobody can stop me. I can't. Who are you? Tony Curtis. Tony, Tony Curtis, this is a surprise. Well, Jack, I was at the studio when I heard about you doing this sketch tonight, so I thought I'd get down here as fast as I could. Oh. Jack, you really don't intend to take the part I played in the picture, do you? Well, of course I do. Well, don't you think it's a little ridiculous? Well, what's... What's so ridiculous about it? Jack, the picture happens to be all-American, not early American. <laughs> Look, Tony, I don't understand your attitude at all. It so happens that the producer of your picture, Aaron Rosenberg, is a very good friend of mine. If you don't let me play the part, you'll have to go back to the studio and face him. I mean, how would you explain it to him? I mean, what would you tell him? Him drove me down here. <laughs> well, look, Tony... I'm going to play the part unless you have a strenuous objection. Well, I do. I think you're playing the part of a college boy is incongruous. Oh, yeah? Well, let me tell... Hey, Bob. Bob, come here a minute, will you? Yes, Jack? What, uh, what does incongruous mean? Huh? Well, I'm not sure. Oh, Remley! Never mind! <laughs> Now, <laughs> Remley, a fine fellow to ask. His dictionary consists of Scotch, bourbon, <laughs> black and white, Hagen Hague. Now, look, Tony. I'll tell you what incongruous means. It means inappropriate, unbecoming, not harmonious in character, inconsonant or inconsistent. Oh. Well, I still don't understand it. The meaning of incongruous? Oh, how one twin can be so beautiful and the other one so ugly. <laughs> Dennis, we're not talking about that. Well, I don't understand incongruous either. Look, Dennis, uh, explain it to him, Tony. 
All right, I'll make it simple, Dennis. Incongruous means something that doesn't fit. Certainly, you know, something that doesn't fit. Now, Tony, you just sit down in the studio and watch me play your part. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Okay. Take it down. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we bring you our version of that thrilling Universal International picture, All American. The saga of college life on the gridiron. Curtain. Music. This is the story of a poor boy who, because of, of his talent on the football field, was able to go to college, rise to the top, and become an All-American. My name is Nick. Nick Bonner krasinska Vishalikovsky. In my first year at Mid-State University, I was the star quarterback. I'll never forget that crucial game for the championship. I caught the opening kickoff and ran it back for a touchdown. The crowd went wild. The rooting section stood up and began to cheer for me. Bonner Krasinska, Vichelikovsky, Bonner Krasinska, Vichelikovsky. your card. Now tell me, what is your height? Five foot eleven. Uh, your weight? 173. Uh, color of your eyes? Oh, they're blue, aren't they? <laughs> Bluer than the toes of a barefooted field goal kicker. <laughs> well, that's all the questions and... Oh, just a second... You're here on a football scholarship, aren't you? Yes, ma'am. Uh, well, in that case, you will be provided with tuition, room, and board, and you'll be given $100 a month to spend. Do I have to spend it? <laughs> no. Thank you. Now, of course, you and all the other football players will have to earn that money. I understand. What will my job be? Well, in the dean's office, there's an eight-day clock. 
And I'm supposed to wind it? No, the fullback winds it. Your job is to see that he does. <laughs> Under the burden of this assignment, I began my first year at Sheridan. I'll never forget the day I met our famous football coach. I remember how he walked into the dressing room and said, all right, you men, I want all the linemen to go out and practice tackling. The ends brush up on pass receiving. Halfbacks will put in two hours each bucking the line. The fullbacks will spend the whole day trying to kick field goals. And you, you're playing quarter, aren't you? Yes, sir. What shall I do? Scratch my back. <laughs> this was a thrilling moment for me. At last, I had met that great coach, Itchy Day. <laughs> I stood there scratching his back. He looked at me and yelled, do it again, do it again, harder, harder Do it again, do it again, harder, harder Now wait a minute, coach I don't want to do this I'm an all-American at Mid-State Well, you're at Sheridan now And everybody starts from scratch <laughs> And another thing We observe strict training here Yes, sir. That means no parties, no dancing, and no dates with girls. And you'll take all your meals at the training table. You have to be in bed by nine, up at six, and we practice seven days a week. But what do we do for fun here at Sheridan? On Tuesday night, you play Scrabble with naughty words. <laughs> yes, Coach Day was a strict disciplinarian. And when it came to football, he was a perfectionist. We had a good team, but the players weren't very bright. So Coach Day had little radios installed in our helmets so we could listen to the broadcast of the game and find out who had the ball. <laughs> One day I tuned in the wrong station and tackled John's other wife. <laughs> After... After starring in three straight games, I was the toast of the campus. But I found out that Sheridan was different than Mid-State. These students were snobs, and my roommate, Robert Carter, was the biggest snob of all. He was always nagging me. Hey, Benelli. What is it, Robert? How many times have I told you? When you store things in the closet, keep your mothballs away from mine. <laughs> but how can you tell the difference? Mine are monograms. Oh, Robert, why can't we be friends? I don't like riffraff But, Robert, I'm so popular on the campus All the fraternities are begging me to join Well, mine is the ritziest one And I'm sure that you won't get in Why not? Because I'm the only member <laughs> What? And the only reason I got in Is my brother owns a college Later, I found out brother also owned Minute Maid Orange Juice, the Pittsburgh Pirates, and Pittsburgh. But Robert sent me straight on one thing. Benelli, you don't fit in here. If you didn't play football, nobody at Sheridan would even talk to you. Oh, yeah? They'd still like me for myself. Well, what makes you think so? I'll tell you why. Because I've got a winning personality. Muscles of steel that the fellows admire and respect And the kind of youth and good looks That make girls swoon That door slam wasn't Robert It was Tony Curtis leaving the studio <laughs> But I decided to find out if Robert was right The next day I turned in my uniform And overnight I became the most unpopular person on the campus 
A few weeks later at the dance, before the big game, I sat for hours in a corner by myself. Nobody came within five feet of me. I was beginning to think good housekeeping might have been wrong. <laughs> it was then that I saw her. Hello, handsome. She was beautiful, and I had a hunch she was popular, too. She was wearing 164 fraternity pins. No dress, just fraternity. She smiled and came jingling towards me. Before I knew it, we were dancing together. What's your name? Viola Ward. I'm Nick Benelli. I know. Gee, Nick, dancing with you is different than dancing with the other college fellows. It is? Yes. They don't even know the minuet. <laughs> Gee, Viola, you're beautiful. Will you marry me? I might if you changed your mind and played football again. Oh, so that's it. Well, I wouldn't play football for anything. Not even if I kissed you like this? No. <laughs> like this? No. <laughs> or even like this? decided to play football after the first kiss, but I wasn't foolish enough to tell him. <laughs> the next day, I was sitting alone in my room, and from the stadium, I could hear the cheers of the crowd and the glee club as they sang our school song. You gotta be a football hero To get along with the beautiful girls In spite of all a million dollars can do A tackle or two will mean more to you The fact that you are rich or handsome Won't get you anything in curves You gotta be a football hero To get along with the beautiful girls You gotta smoke that fine tobacco to really know why a lucky is best on every college campus throughout the land the students demand their favorite brand a lucky strike is better tasting a lucky strike wins every test you gotta tear and then compare them to really know why a lucky is best Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. Cleaner, fresher, smoother. Alice, Alice, MFT, better tasting, you'll agree. Free and easy on the draw, sure to please your mind, pa. A Lucky Strike is better tasting, so round and firm and fully packed. A Lucky Strike is made much better. That's not a claim, no sir, that is a fact. Ask your professor. Be happy and go lucky
was not made of stone, and the school spirit in that song got me. I rushed to the stadium and slipped into my good old uniform. The game was well into the fourth period. Sheridan was trailing by one point. And as I ran out into the field, the crowd went wild. B-O-N-N-A-K-I changed it! I changed it! In the huddle, I called my favorite play, but it was stopped cold. The opposing team had the biggest line in football. His name was Don Wilson. Once I ran around his end and was out of bounds by 10 Time was running out, but I kept cool. I knew our chance would come. Then with seconds left to play, I intercepted a pass. And as I weaved down the field, suddenly everything went black. I couldn't see a thing. My helmet had slipped down over my eyes. It didn't fit. In other words, it was incongruous. <laughs> I threw off my helmet and cut to the left. I faked to the right. I zigzagged. Suddenly, I thought of viola. And I found myself doing the minuet on the 20-yard line. <laughs> As I started running again, I realized there was only one man between me and the goal line. But I couldn't get by him. Then I noticed he wasn't even wearing a football uniform. And I hollered at him. Why don't you let me get by? I'm still waiting for my tip. <laughs> but I didn't give him the tip. Why should I? After all, it was Tony Curtis, and not I, who was the All-American. Friends, forest fires are one of our great national hazards. Today, perhaps this very minute, a forest fire is raging because somebody was careless. Somebody tossed away a lighted cigarette, forgot to put out a campfire or was careless with matches. Forest fires ravage millions of acres of timberland, weaken America, take lives. So please, be careful, be cautious. Don't give fire a place to start. Thank you. Jack will be back in just a minute, but first, here's the voice of the Pulitzer Prize-winning cartoonist, Rube Goldberg. Hi, folks. I've learned that what some people think is funny, others don't think is so hot. It's all a matter of taste. And taste applies to a lot of things, including cigarettes. To me, Lucky's tastes better, and taste is what I'm looking for. And I always find it when I smoke a Lucky. Now, when I buy my Luckies, if you'll pardon this terrible pun, I buy them by the cartoon. Thanks, Rube Goldberg. Friends, smoking enjoyment is all a matter of taste. And the fact of the matter is, Lucky's taste better. Cleaner, fresher, smoother. Lucky's come by their better taste for two reasons. First, they're made of fine tobacco. The whole world knows LSMFT, Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. Then, Lucky's are actually made better to taste better. So, be happy. Go Lucky. Buy a carton. Lucky's taste better. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank Tony Curtis, who appeared tonight through the courtesy of Universal International Pictures and will soon be seen in his latest picture, Forbidden. Good night, everybody. We're a little late. The Jack Benny program is written by Sam Perrin, Milt Josephsburg, George Balzer, 
John Tackerberry, Al Gordon, Al Goldman, and produced and transcribed by Hilliard Marks. Be sure to hear The American Way with Horace Height for Lucky Strike every Thursday over this same station. Consult your newspaper for the time. The Jack Benny program is brought to you by Lucky Strike, product of the American Tobacco Company, America's leading manufacturer of cigarettes. And now stay tuned for the Amos and Andy Show, which follows in just a moment. This is the CBS Radio Network. You know, Curly, there's one thing that bothers me. What's that, Ellie? Well, you're an actor and a singer, and you got a radio show, and you do television guest spots, and you play the drums, and you play golf, and how do you do all those things? Magnificently. RCA Victor, world leader in radio, first in recorded music, and first in television, presents the Bill Harris Alice Faye Show. <laughs> Here is the Phil Harris Alice Faye Show, transcribed, written by Ed James and Phil Shukin, with Elliot Lewis, Walter Tetley, John Hubbard, Janine Roos, Anne Whitfield, Walter Scharf and his music, and yours truly, Phil Foreman. The title of tonight's little doozy is How Long Will the Genius of Lovable, Laughable Phil Harris Go Undiscovered or From Here to Eternity? <laughs> First, here's a word from RCA Victor. Wherever you are, on land, on sea, or in the air, you can eavesdrop on the world with RCA Victor's new seven-band portable radio, the Strata World. This new RCA Victor is powered to play anywhere, even in difficult areas. And to make sure you get the best reception possible, the new Strata World portable has three antennas. One for normal reception, a special plane window antenna, and a push-button shortwave antenna. Just think of it. Foreign stations like those in Tokyo, London, and Buenos Aires are electronically spaced on the dial of this handsome strata world. You can tune them in like local radio stations. And this dependable new RCA Victor strata world, beautifully finished in top-grain cowhide, operates on batteries, or it's possible to plug it into any electrical outlet the world over. No wonder the strata world portable, so wonderfully light, weighing only 23 pounds, is already standard equipment for seasoned diplomats and world travelers. Be sure to see and hear the new seven-band Strata World by RCA Victor, world leader in radio. And now the stars of the RCA Victor program, Alice Faye and Phil Harris. There's an old saying that every worm will turn, but Phil Harris is one worm who hasn't quite made it. <laughs> Today, however, promises to be different. RCA, please drop a line. My show is fine and I'm divine. <laughs> I'd be gorgeous on TV. Yes, I love me. Bill, is that you? No, it's Art Linkletter smelling like sunshine. <laughs> sure, it's me. Who'd you think it was? Oh, what's the matter, Phil? Are you upset about something? Upset? Me? <laughs> 
Why should I be upset? I never get upset. I got nerves of iron, nerves of steel. Well, something must be wrong. Do you know what you're drinking? Water. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, how do you like that? Now they'll take away my good merit badge. <laughs> Say, honey, you'd better get in a good mood. You know, I invited Mr. McDevitt to dinner. Now you've done it. Now you've done it. Now you spoil my whole day. Why, Phil... Mr. McDevitt, there's a fine character for you. Now, look, honey, when Mr. McDevitt was made head of the record division of RCA, you said you wanted to throw him a party. Alice, please, I don't want to talk about Mr. McDevitt. I don't want to think about Mr. McDevitt. I don't ever want to hear his name. Mr. McDevitt? Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Mr. McDevitt. Talk about Indians being Indian givers. He takes it away before he even gives it to you. Oh, Phil, is that all that's worrying you? Look, he promised me a solid gold record, and I want it. But, Phil... He gave Mario Alonzo a gold record. I know. He gave Dinah Shore a gold record. Well, sure, but... And both of them together ain't half as pretty as I am. <laughs> well, Phil, you only get the award for selling a million records. I sold a million records. How about Preacher and the Bear? Well, look, honey, when Mr. McDonald... And what about... Comes, that's what I like about the South. That must have sold a million copies, not even counting the Yankees. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. And another one, young lady. How about The Thing? <laughs> I suppose that didn't sell a million copies. My mother's got the roof shingled with it. <laughs> But the thing sold a million Then why but... don't I get that gold record? I got a good mind to walk out on that RCA That's what I got a good mind to do Phil, I gotta... winter's coming on Hi, Curly Okay, so winter's coming on RCA may be the best But it ain't the only sponsor in the world Hi, Alice Well, name two others Hello, Mr. Harris I'll name a dozen There's, Hello, uh... Mr. and Mrs. Harris How about the company that sells soap? That has a familiar ring Hello, Mr. and Mrs. Fay How many, uh, how many does that mean? <laughs> So far, you've got a clue. Well, I'm thinking, honey. I'm just thinking. Hello, Elliot. What are you doing here? Now, you sure they sell soap, huh? Positive. Oh, I just happened to be in the neighborhood. I thought I'd drop in. <laughs> well, so long, Elliot. Drop in any old time. Well, I got news for you. RCA better watch their P's and G's. That's all I got to say. Hi, Curly. Hi, Alice. Hello, Elliot. I made it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hi, Elliot. What are you doing here? Oh, I just happened to be in the neighborhood and I thought I'd drop in. Oh, yeah. Hey, um, Elliot. Yes, Curly? Is, is this the first time you've been in here? Why do you ask, Curly? I don't know. I just got a feeling this whole thing happened before and we're playing it back at a more convenient time. <laughs> package, Elliot. Hmm? The package. Oh, I found it on the porch. It's from RCA. RCA? Phil, look out, you'll break it. Oh, honey, it. give me that package. Okay, Curly. A package from RCA, and he just holds it. Alice, look. At what? Have you ever seen a package that looks more like a solid gold record? Open it up. I'm afraid. You think we ought to soak it in water first? Oh. <laughs> put it down. I'll open it. Okay, honey, but now take it easy now. Don't bruise it. Oh, it's got to be a gold record. It's got to be a gold record. It's got to be... Phil! Yeah? It's a gold record. How do you like that? Them cheap... It's what? Phil, you made it. Oh, I made it. You hear that, Elliot? I made it. I got a gold record. It's solid gold. Boy, the teeth they could fill with that thing. <laughs> Is it heavy? Oh, yeah, man. Weighs a ton. Let me hold it, huh? Elliot, get them pawn shop mitts away from me. <laughs> 
can't I even touch it? Don't even breathe near it. Hey, Alice, you know what we got to do now? We're going to build a trophy room or something. No, you don't have to do that, Curly. I'll stop breathing. (laughs) I got to protect this record, Elliot. I got to get something to show it off to Mr. McDevitt. Hey, hey, I know what we can do. There's a wonderful antique store only five blocks away. Real high class. They got all kinds of things. Trophy cases, display cases. Well, gee, that's what we want. Let's get on there. Wait Wait a minute, honey. Here's the card that came with the record. Well, let me see that. Yeah. Hey, hey, listen to this. What? <clears throat> From RCA Victor and T. McDevitt, with sincere appreciation to a great comedian, entertainer, and vocalist. They sure hit it on the head, didn't they? I'd say it was more of a glancing blow. <laughs> what does that mean? Well, look, Curly, you're a great guy, and I love you, but uh, great comedian? Oh, you think I ain't, huh? Let me tell you something, Hastings. I'm a million laughs, you hear me? Million of them. Let's start with one. Okay. <laughs> you want one, huh? This will fracture you. You know what I mean? I got a melancholy girl. She's got a shape like a melon and a face like a collie. <laughs> That's pretty good just for a throw, ain't it? A fast job. It's like... What do you want to try for now? Entertainer or vocalist? Elliot, let's get down to that antique shop, will you? Curly? Entertainer or vocalist? What are you kidding? Entertainer. Just listen to this. Sure. How slow methinks this old moon wanes. It lingers my desire. Come, fair Apollo, our nuptious hour is near. Well, that leaves vocalist. <laughs> okay, I'm going to sing, and then we're going down to that antique shop. You know something? I got a feeling this is going to be the luckiest day of my life. They call you Lady Luck, but there is room for doubt. At times you have a very unladylike way of running out. You're on a date with me. The pickings have been lush. And yet before this evening is over, you might give me the brush. You might forget your manners. You might refuse to stay. And so the best that I can do is pray. Luck be a lady tonight Luck, if you've ever been a lady to begin with Luck be a lady tonight Be a lady, luck be a lady Luck, let a gentleman see Let a gentleman see How nice a dame you can be How nice you can be I know the way you've treated other guys you've been with Luck be a lady tonight Tonight be a lady, love Lady doesn't leave her escort. It isn't fair. It isn't fair. It isn't nice. It isn't nice. A lady doesn't wander all over the room and blow on some other guy's dice. So let's keep the party polite. Never get out of my sight. Stick with me, baby. I'm the fella you came in with. Luck be a lady. Luck be a lady. Luck be a lady tonight. Whenever you're ready, we ought to go steady. Luck be a lady tonight. Luck be a lady tonight. Luck be a lady tonight. Luck if you've ever been a lady to begin with. Luck be a lady tonight. Stick with me, luck. Stick with me, lady luck. 
let a gentleman see how nice a dame you can be. I know the way you treated other guys you've been with. Be a lady with me. Lady doesn't leave her escort. It isn't bad. It isn't nice. A lady doesn't wander all over the room and blow on some other guy's dice. It isn't nice. So let's keep the party polite. Never get out of my sight. Stick with me, baby. I'm the fella you came in with. Lock me a lady. Lock me a lady. Lock me a lady tonight. How much further is this antique shop, Elliot? The antique store's old. Half a block, a couple hundred feet. And you're sure it's a good one now, huh? Good? It's the best. Well, they just better have something special for my solid gold record, boy. That's all I got to say. Hey, Curly. You got that record for The Thing, huh? Yeah. The Thing. What a solid slab of shellac. <laughs> you, uh... Did you ever find out what The Thing was? I know. What are you talking about? I know what it was. I was there, wasn't I? No kidding? Hey, Curly. What was the thing? Elliot, you couldn't expect me to tell you a secret like that. Well, I'm your best friend. I know, but Curly, I... Curly, if I tell anybody, may I become a page-turner for Liberace? <laughs> what more can I say? Oh, okay. You're my buddy, huh? You betcha. I'm in Teddy. Lean over. Yeah? Hey, you ain't gonna believe this. But the thing was a... What? It's a what? <laughs> you mean that it actually... Every time. <laughs> well, if that ain't... Well, why didn't everybody figure Wait it? a minute, Ali. Wait a minute. Hmm? Hold it. Is this the place, the shop? Oh, yeah. Classy-looking joint, ain't it? Oh, man, you said that right. Look up there. Look at them sterling silver letters. J.C. Nickel and Sons. Mm. <laughs> and look at that platinum doorknob. Well, use it. Let's go in. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Yes? Mr. Nickel? Yes. Uh, I'm Phil Harris, and I want to buy a trophy case. I see. Would that be for pints, fifths, or quarts? <laughs> no, it's for a record. Oh, barrels, casks, or vats. <laughs> Look, Mr. Nichols. Hey, what's this thing over here? Oh, you're an observant little rascal. That is a nail-studded contour chair for Indian fakers with weak backs. <laughs> hey, you ought to try this, Curly. Elliot, that's for Indian fakers. That's what I said. You ought to try it. <laughs> oh, 
that was a goodie. <laughs> I had a feeling this was going to be one of those days. And now, what do you want, red eyes? <laughs> I still want the same thing. You see, Mr. Nickel, I was the one who sang the thing and... And you want some place to hide. <laughs> no, no. I want a trophy case to put my gold record in. You see? No, wait a minute, Curly. I think I got something. What is it? I don't know. <laughs> but ain't it terrific? Yeah, my dear sirs, for your information, that is a 17th century hutch. Seventeenth century rabbits? Yeah. <laughs> Do they get that old? Man, what a family they'd have. <laughs> Why, they ain't enough carrots in the whole uh, world. Mr. Harris, when you were a boy, which seems ridiculous at the moment, <laughs> you probably referred to a hutch as a sideboard. Oh, <laughs> Oh, yeah, sure. Is that what that is? Hey, wouldn't that be great for your record, Curly? Oh, sure. Sure. What are you, nuts or something? What's That's matter? all I need, a 15-foot sideboard for one record. Yeah, a 15-foot $300 sideboard. Now, wait a minute, Curly, wait a minute. See this place down here? Well, that's just the right size for an RCA Victor 21-inch television set. Yeah, with magic monitor and rotomatic tuning. You had to get that in. <laughs> Look, you take care of your business and I'll take care of mine. <laughs> Go ahead, Ellie. Yeah, then over here on this side, it's just the right size for an RCA Victor automatic changer with a golden throat speaker to match your golden voice. Shades of Christopher Wren, a 17th century jukebox. <laughs> hey, but Elliot, uh, it's so big. Hey, let's face it, it's bigger than all of us. <laughs> Wait a minute, uh... Say, Mr. Nickel, uh, uh, what's that little fence on top for? You, the things they ask. <laughs> that little fence, Mr. Wormwood, is a plate rail. Hey, can't you see it, Curly? You can put your record on the plate rail. Then if you get more, you'll have room for them, too. Yeah. Hey, it'd hold a lot of them, wouldn't it? I could fill up that whole top with gold records. You should live so long. <laughs> all right, all right. Okay, we're going to take it, huh? Elliot, I'll write out a check and you tell him where we want it sent. Okay. Oh, we don't send things. You carry them. Carry them? You mean this? No, we don't have to carry this, Curly. It's got casters. We just push. Well, I don't know, Elliot. It's five blocks well, home. sure, but it's downhill. <laughs> yeah, that ought not to be too hard, huh? Little. We can push it down there. Sure. Okay, Elliot. Grab a hold. I get right. my... All right, push it over. All right, open the door. Let's go. Oh, dear. I mustn't waste a moment. Hello, Mary. This is John. Get the children off the street. Phil Harris is pushing a sideboard home. <laughs> I thought you said this was downhill. I don't understand it. When we went to the store, it was downhill. Hey, hey, bud. Hold it, hold it a minute, Elliot. Hold yeah, it. all right. Hey, buddy, over here. Hey, you want to buy a hot? A hot what? Anything, who cares? Hey, how about a hot lacrosse racket? You can't hardly get none of them no more. Push, Elliot. Okay. Hot 
$3 bills, hot water bottles, hot Alice Faye records. Hey, how about Wait a minute, nice... hold it, Elliot, hold it, hold it. All right. You ain't got no Alice Faye records. Oh, I ain't, huh? Well, you just listen to this. <laughs> Keep it gay, keep it light, keep it fresh, keep it fair, let it bloom every night, give it room, give it air, keep your love a lovely dream and never wake it, make it happy and be happy as you make it, let it sing like a nightingale in May, keep it gay. Keep it free, or you'll frighten it away. Take it easy and enjoy it while you take it. Keep it gay, keep it gay, keep it gay. Keep it gay, keep it light, keep it fresh, keep it fair. Let it bloom every night, give it room, give it air. Keep your love a lovely dream and never wake it. Make it happy and be happy as you make it. Let it sing like a nightingale in May. Keep it gay, keep it free, or you'll frighten it away. Take it easy and enjoy it while you take it. Keep it gay. Hey, wait a minute, Curly. Hold it, will you? Why, that thing's heavy. Oh, come on, Elliot. You can't stop now. We're practically in my driveway. Okay. Come on, let's go. Wait a minute. Hold it, Elliot. Hold it. Now, what's the matter? Well, it ain't rolling. I think that... Oh, no. Now, both of them back casters done snapped off. Well, back to the drawing board. No, now, wait. <laughs> now, look, maybe if we pick it up... Oh, we... fine. Sure. If we carry it, then we can't see where we're going. But look, Elliot, if we... Uh-oh. What? Look who's coming. Hiya, fellas. Where you going with Grant's tomb? <laughs> Why, we're taking it to Richmond, General Lee. Right, Daniel Boone? Hmm? <laughs> oh, yes. And we'd like to have it while the calla lilies are in blue. <laughs> The bottom! Hey, Julius, you're just in time. We need you. We need you to see for us. Croc! <laughs> no, Julius, no, honest. Look, you see, when we carry this thing, we can't see. So will you be a good kid and steer us around to the den? Well, let me put it this way. No. <laughs> well, let me put it this way. Julius, if you don't help us, I'll break every bone in your miserable little body. Well, that's different. I'm always happy to help people if they ask me nice. <laughs> okay, then. All right, let's go, Elliot. You lift the front end up. Hey, Curly, you better take the front end. If I walk backwards, I get dizzy. In your 
case. How do you tell? <laughs> All right, will you stop the talk already? Look, I'll take the front end. Okay, Elliot? Okay. All right, I got it. Uh, <clears throat> okay, Julius, let... Jul- Julius, where'd you go? I'm up on top, steering. Get <laughs> down off of there, you little fink. It's heavy enough without you. You want I should tell you where to go? Then must. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Go ahead, Elliot, mush. I'm mushing, I'm mushing. Stop pulling my ear, will you? I gotta steer you, don't I? Keep off, fellas. Now you're getting it. Yeah. Where's the swimming pool? Over to your right, a little bit more. <laughs> a little bit more to the right. Yeah. Keep on. There you are! Oof! Oof! Sideboard's in the den, Elliot. We did it again. My end fits in there perfect, man. Yeah, it does, huh? My end is out. It's what? The sideboard's bigger than the den. Now what are we gonna do? Are you kidding? There's only one thing we can do. We gotta enlarge the den. Hey, Curly, the den's finished. Well, then why are they still hammering? Gotta put the porch back on. Hey, Curly, the porch is back on. Had a boy. But we got trouble. The den's so big, the porch is blocking the driveway. We'll tell them to build a new driveway. Phil, Phil, what's going on in here? What? The orchestra, the Klieg lights, the grandstand. Honey, Mr. McDevitt's going to be here any second. But, Phil... Alice, I can't talk. Curly, I... he's here. Mr. McDevitt's here. He is, huh? Hey, fellas, he's here. <laughs> Shall I start scattering the rose petals now, Curly? No, not yet. Wheelie gets close up. Oh, Phil, this is the silliest thing I've ever heard of. It is, huh? You're just jealous because you never got a solid gold record. Well, Harris, what's the occasion? What's the celebration for? Welcome, Mr. McDevitt. Welcome to the official opening of the Phil Harris Trophy Room. Why, this is ridiculous, Mr. Harris. Making all this fuss over a little nipper riddle album. Over a... Wait a minute. Hold everything. Stop it. Stop it. Stop the music. You sent me a little nipper riddle album again? Naturally. We listen to your show again. <laughs> but what about the record? I got a solid gold record. So that's what happened to it. Well, you send it right over to H.O. Pinza, where it belongs. Oh, no. <laughs> Alice and Phil will be back in just a moment. And now here's news of a great anniversary special offered by RCA Estate Ranges. Your chance to make the range buy of a lifetime. Of course, you know about the RCA Estate Range, magnificent new member of the great RCA family. Here's the wonderful new range that grills, bakes, and barbecues all at once. The range that cooks automatically, that actually turns on when you're out and turns off when dinner's ready. Only RCA Estate Gas and Electric Ranges 
bring you such superb features as the barbecuer meat oven for charcoal-done flavor, the hideaway grid-all for top-of-range grilling, and the big, roomy, balanced heat bake oven. Here's America's finest range, built for years of dependable service, and it bears the great name of RCA. And now, for a limited time, RCA Estate offers you big savings on two anniversary special models. See your RCA dealer and learn the details now. This is Phil again. We're a little late, folks. Thanks, and good night. Good night, everybody. Included in this program transcribed were Frank Nelson, Herb Butterfield, and Herb Bygram. The part of Julius was played by Walter Titley. This has been an NBC Radio Network production. Whatever make portable radio you own, be sure it's equipped with RCA batteries. Batteries that are radio engineered for extra listening hours. RCA's new Balanced Life batteries make it possible for new style, personal size portable radios to play up to 10 times longer without battery change than previous small portables. If your portable batteries are weak or old, see your local radio serviceman for fresh, long-life RCA batteries. Engineers, does your present job give you all RCA's career advantages? RCA needs experienced engineers with bachelor or advanced degrees for development, design, and manufacturing of electron tubes and specialized electronic equipment. Write RCA Engineering, Box 345, New York 19, New York. Tomorrow, hear Theater Royal at a new time on the NBC Radio Network. The Grape Nuts and Grape Nuts Flakes program, starring Jack Benny, with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Dennis Day, Rochester, and yours truly, Don Wilson. some friends the other night, and here's a very funny thing. There was more conversation about Junior's diet and what he ate for breakfast. Then it turned out that the husband, the head of the house, the big provider, if you want to get mercenary about it, never ate breakfast at all. <laughs> now, that's all wrong. Dietitians tell us that we all need an adequate breakfast, and one that includes cereals with whole grain nourishment. That means cereals like swell-tasting grape nuts and grape nuts flakes. Both are basic seven foods with whole grain food values so they're chock-a-block full of nourishment, and boy, are they good to eat. Mm-mm. There's zest in every moldy, rich mouthful. Grape nuts, crisp and crunchy. Grape nuts flakes and toasty brown flake form. So eat a good breakfast, folks, and you'll do a better job. And help yourself to plenty of grape nuts and grape nuts flakes. They're good.
gentlemen, today we're broadcasting from the Marine Corps Air Station in the Mojave Desert. And this week they're celebrating the 168th anniversary of the founding of the Marine Corps. So without further ado, we bring you a man... Jack, Jack, did they get you? No, no, Don, I'm all right. Oh, good. For, for a minute, I thought they spoiled my opening speech. No, don't be ridiculous, Don. They weren't shooting at me. Go ahead with the introduction. Ladies and gentlemen, as this is the 168th anniversary of the founding of the Marine Corps, without further ado, we bring you a man... Jack, did they get you this time? Don, don't be silly. I told you they weren't shooting at me. Now go ahead. Okay. So without further ado, we bring you a man with two holes in his hat, Jack Benny. Thank you, thank you. Hello again, this is Jack Benny talking, and Don, what just happened was purely accidental. You see, the boys are having their aerial target practice. I was getting tired of wearing this straw hat anyway. <laughs> well, boys, I can't tell you how happy I am to be here on the week of your 168th anniversary, the day which commemorates the founding of... <laughs> Don... Don, it is a little dangerous around here. Will you please close the window? Okay, Jack. Thanks. As I started to say, fellas, I can't tell you how happy I am to be here on your 168th anniversary. (laughs) Don... Don, will you please pull down the shade? <laughs> and while, uh, while you're at it, you better go over and close the screen door. You know? But Jack, a screen door won't stop the bullets. I know, but it'll sift out the big ones. <laughs> anyway, Don, this is a nice camp, even if it is a bit noisy. It's very picturesque out here in the Mojave Desert. Yes, it's a romantic spot, too, Jack. You know, just a little way from here is the famous Golden Queen gold mine. Oh, really? Yes, Jack. They only recently they took out $8 million worth of gold. Imagine that. Well, of course, right now they're not operating it, and all that gold is just lying around. Is that so? Well, I'd probably get excited about it if I was the type that was interested in gold. <laughs> anyway, Don, there are more important things to talk about. You see, this being the week of the 168th anniversary of the Marines, we are going to... Mm, he's got that bullet on a yo-yo. Let's cut the string and go on with the program. You know, Don, one thing I like about playing these different camps is... Oh, oh, hello, Mary. Hello, Jack. Oh, boy, am I winded. (laughs) Mary, Mary, what's the matter with you? Why are you so out of breath? Well, I just came over here from the PX. The PX? Well, that's... 
That's just a short walk from here. I know, but it's a fast run with 150 Marines chasing him. <laughs> now, Mary, don't be silly. Marines don't chase after girls. <laughs> oh, no? No. Since when are large butterfly nets part of their equipment? <laughs> Look, Mary, you've got nothing to worry about. The boys here are a nice bunch of fellas. They're just a little playful, that's all. You're not kidding. They wanted me to play hide-and-seek with them. They told me to hide, and they'd try and find me. Well, why didn't you play with them? You used to enjoy that game when you were a kid. Yeah, but when I was a kid, we didn't play finders keepers. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh. Well, anyway, Mary, you got away from those Marines, didn't you? Yeah. Oh, Livingston, you fool girl, you. <laughs> well, don't worry about it, Mary. Maybe next time you'll stumble. I did this time, and they picked me up and gave me another head start. <laughs> All right. All right, forget about it. Anyway, I'm glad you're here. I want to get this program off to a good start because this is the Marines' 168th Say, birthday. Jack. How'd you get those holes in your hat? What happened? Oh, it was nothing, Mary. Some of the boys were having aerial target practice and probably mistook me for a target. It was just a quirk of circumstances. You know? Gee, that's awful. <laughs> what are you laughing at? As a result of quirk, bullet hits jerk. Mary, stop being so clever. Those are the kind of jokes that went out with Fred Allen. Boy, am I glad he's through with radio. I knew he'd be washed up. But, Jack, I read in the paper yesterday that Alan's coming back on the air. So did I. No. When is he coming back? Well, about the middle of December. Well, he ought to be ashamed of himself, spoiling everybody's Christmas. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, fellas. <laughs> Heaven bless you, fellas. Heaven bless you. Imagine that guy. Stop turning white. I'm not turning white. It just burns me up, that's all. And stop turning red. Oh, quiet. I just can't understand Alan getting another chance in radio. Now, wait a minute, Jack. After all, there are lots of people who'd rather listen to Fred Allen's program than yours. Oh, they, uh, they would, eh? Yes. Don, there's an old Chinese proverb that says, when big fat announcer open big fat mouth, he soon find big fat salary A-W-O-L. <laughs> And I have a good mind to pay you one week So you'll know what I mean <laughs> You've been with me long enough to realize How I feel about that hmm. Jack, pick up your hat hmm. Jack, pick up your hat Listen, sister, I'm not stooping over Till things quiet down <laughs> Anyway, I don't know why they have target practice right in the... Well, look who's here. Hiya, Jackson. All right, boys. Well, looks like I got to do it anyway. Applause me, man. Applause me. <laughs> applause you. Applause you. What is that? Applause you. Applause me. Well, Bill, I'm glad you finally got here. You can help us celebrate the Marines' 168th birthday. 168 years old? Them kids? 
Well, I don't mean individually. They're 168 years old as they stand as a group. Well, brother, at that age, you've got to stand in a group or your landing gear will fold up. <laughs> Phil, have you got your own writer or is he paying you to keep it quiet? No kidding, didn't you ever go to school? What for? Going to school is just a lot of red tape so you can eat your lunch away from home. <laughs> now look, Phil. Uh, don't mind me, boys. I'm just standing here because I'm beautiful. I'm sorry, Mary. Oh, hello, Mary. Say, some of the Marines out here are mad at you. What did you do? Oh, the boys aren't really mad. I just wouldn't play hide-and-seek with them. Well, they sure seem to have it in for you. Oh, Phil, don't be ridiculous. Well, all I know is there's a sign outside of one of them buildings that says Infirmary. That's Infirmary! <laughs> Brother, it now fell. Don't, don't, don't drive me nuts altogether. Just walk over to the bandstand and give us a. Ha ha ha! Missed me. Before you said that, you had a cigar in your mouth. Oh yes, play, Phil. It was a good one too, a ten cender. You know that. <laughs> orchestra having a musical argument in which the listeners lost. <laughs> Say, Phil, I notice, I notice you were able to lead your orchestra tonight. Your arm isn't stiff anymore. Yeah, for three days I couldn't bend it, but it's all right now. The doctor fixed it up. Oh, what was it? Nothing. I had my baton up my sleeve and didn't know it. <laughs> oh, well, it must have been awful not to be able to bend your elbow. Yeah, I nearly died of thirst. <laughs> I can imagine, huh? Well, I... I should never have said bend your elbow, that I knew. Well, I'm glad you're okay. And now, folks... Say, Jack, uh, I meant to ask you something. How'd you make out of the gold mine? Gold mine? What gold mine? Why, Jack, you know, the Golden Queen mine I told you about just a few minutes ago. Oh, yes, yes, there is a gold mine near here, but let's get on with the program. I'm not... 
I'm not interested in it, you know. Stop kidding. You didn't bring that pickup here just to crack ice. <laughs> Mary, that's not a pick. Well, your tie pin certainly has a long handle on it. <laughs> Mary, please believe me. I'm not interested in that gold gold mine. Now let's let's <laughs> Now, let's get on with the show. Jackson, what are you so sore about? I saw you sneaking into that mine this morning. I thought it was an air raid shelter and shut up. <laughs> Your orchestra was rehearsing. I had to go someplace. And now, fellas, since this is the uh, 168th anniversary of your... Uh, oh. Hmm. Oh, Jack. What? The cigar's back in your mouth. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I've had enough of this. I'm going to put a stop to it right now. Oh, Colonel Adams! Colonel Adams! Oh, Jack. You keep out of this, Mary. What is it, Mr. Benny? Uh, Colonel Adams, believe me, I... I hate to be a tattletale. <laughs> oh, really, I hate to be a tattletale, but your boys are having aerial target practice, and three or four times I've almost been hit. Well, I can't understand it, Mr. Benny. They're shooting according to the written rules. I'm not concerned about the boys who are shooting according to the rules. But that guy who's ad-libbing has me worried sick. Well, I appreciate how you feel, Mr. Benny, and I'll go right out and tell him to stop it. Well, I hate to put you that trouble, Colonel Adams. Are you sure they'll do as you ask? Oh, I think they will. Those pilots like to humor me. Oh. <laughs> I see. Well, I'll certainly appreciate it if you'll, uh... For heaven's sake, Colonel, will you please hurry out there and tell him? Wait till I pick up my hat. <laughs> Thank you, Colonel. Boy, I'm glad I left my hat off, although I hate to spoil their fun. And now, fellas... Hmm. Oh, Jack, pick up your hair. <laughs> I'm glad the colonel's going to put a stop to this. And now, fellas, you may not know it, but since this is the week of the 168th anniversary... Hello, Mr. Benny. ...of the... Oh, hello, Dennis. <laughs> well, well, kid, it's about time you got here. Uh, what's been keeping you? Oh, I've been down to that place you told me not to mention, and boy, is it full of gold. Dennis, I don't even know what you're talking about And now, fellas You told me if I brought back two buckets full I could keep the handles for myself Dennis, I told you I don't know what you're talking about And now, fellas You even put your arm around me when you talked me into it Dennis, will you please be quiet? Gee, you're fickle an imagination that kid's got. Oh, Jack, why do you keep denying that you're trying to work that mine? Mary, I'm not working anything. I told you I thought it was an air raid shelter. Then what was Dennis digging for? For exercise. <laughs> well, he brought back two buckets full. All right, bucket full, bucket full. And as pretty a sight as you've ever seen. Nice golden nuggets. Each one a treasure in itself. Don, will you please stop talking about gold? Gold? I'm talking about grape nuts flakes. <laughs> 
Oh, oh, oh. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, they're toasty brown, sweet as a nut, and have that malty rich flavor. Burns me up. After all, a mine does look like an air raid shelter. Say, Mr. Benny. Grape nuts flakes bring you whole grain food values and are not rationed. Whole grain, whole grain. grain. And grape nuts flakes are a thrifty buy in the big 12 ounce economy size package. Say, Mr. Wilson. You set it down. And now, fellas... Hey, Miss Livingston. This being the 168th anniversary... Jack, what about that gold mine? Mary, stop interrupting Don. And now, fellas... Don't mind me. I'm just standing here because I'm pretty. (laughs) Dennis, you're standing there because in a few minutes you'll be doing a song in honor of the 168th anniversary... Oh, Mr. Benny. Yes, Colonel Adams. You needn't worry about that target practice anymore. From now on, there'll be no more shooting. Good, good. There'll just be trial runs with our speed plane. Oh, just speed planes. Well, that's fine. Thank you, Colonel Adams. I'm glad you... (laughs) There goes one now. Oh, yes, yes. Those planes are fast, aren't they? Gee, you can hardly tell. (laughs) See them, huh? Well, thanks. Thanks very much, Colonel Adams. You're welcome. Oh, uh, by the way, Mr. Benny, before I go, would you do something for me? Yes, anything at all. As a little favor to the Marines, would you please mention that this is the week of their 168th anniversary? (laughs) I'll see if I can squeeze it in. Goodbye, Colonel. Goodbye. All right, Dennis, let's have your song now. Okay, Mr. Benny. And sing it with a lot of feeling because... Because I have a lot of friends in the audience. I wish they wouldn't fly so low, really.
was, oh, what a beautiful morning sung by Dennis Day. And Dennis, you sang very well for the boys. You really have a golden voice. I should. My mouth's full of nuggets. <laughs> oh, well, how much can he eat? And now, fellas, this being the... Come in. Now they're getting polite. They knock first. <laughs> Don't be silly, Jack. There's a Marine at the door. Oh, oh, yes. Mr. Benny? Yes. I'm Miss Sergeant Gillis. Oh, how... <laughs> how do you how do you do, Sergeant Gillis? My job is to see that you're well taken care of during your visit here. Now, is there anything special you'd like for dinner? Well, um, let me see. Uh, could you hurry it up, Mr. Benny? I gotta go around and ask all the Marines what they'd like for dinner. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, I see. Well, that's nice. What do the boys usually order? Oh, some of them order crepe Suzettes. Uh-huh. Others prefer filet mignon saute with wine sauce. <laughs> I see. And there are those who are partial to baked pheasant under glass. And after you get the orders, you give them to the chief cook? No, first I give them to the interpreter. I see. And after the interpreter gives them to the cook, what do the boys finally get? Well, well... Think now, think. What do the boys finally get? Well... Uh-uh. No coaching from the audience, please. <laughs> well, let's see. I'm sorry your time is up, but a box of fruit nuts, please. To the man who sent in that question. What is this, anyway? I've got a man here in the third row, Doctor. What? And I've got a lady up here in the balcony, Doctor. For heaven's sake, stop already. What kind of a silly routine is this? <laughs> now cut that out. I'm sorry, Sergeant Gillis. What is it really you really wanted to see me about? Well, I'm also on the camp newspaper, Mr. Benny, and I wanted to... Uh... Oh, by the way, I meant to ask you, on your trip overseas, did you happen to run across a cousin of mine in North Africa? A cousin? Well, I don't know. He's a corporal. Oh, his name doesn't start with a C, does it? No, with a K. Good. Crowley. Oh. <laughs> Cracks his knuckles, knuckles a lot. Funny oh, you didn't, didn't hear, hear me. I know, I know, I know. But look, Sergeant Gillis, you said you wanted to see me about something. Now, what is it? Well, as I said, I'm on the paper here, and I'd like to get your reaction to our camp. Uh, did you visit the Golden Queen Mine? Yes, I did happen to drop in there by chance. In fact, I, I saw a bit of it. You mean you left a bit of it. <laughs> Mary, stop making things up. If I was digging for gold, where are my blisters? Mr. Benny, if you're looking for him, I got him. Now, wait a minute, kids. I've had just about enough. Answer the phone, Mary. Okay. Hello? Hello, Miss Livingston. This is Rochester. Hello, Rochester. Understand. 
Velvet Underground movement is calling you. What? You don't have to keep it a secret anymore. We know. All right, all right, so you know. With all the trouble I have, it's a wonder I'm not gray. <laughs> Give me that phone. Hello? Hello? Oh, blood and guts. Yes? This is old pick and shovel. <laughs> All right, what do you want, Rochester? Boss, I've been digging and digging, and have I got good news for you? What is it? You know what you've always wanted to tell your sponsor? Yes. Well, you're rich enough to tell him now. <laughs> Rochester, my sponsor and I are good friends, and stop wasting valuable time. So you found some gold nuggets, eh? Yes, sir, this place is loaded with Morgenthau marbles. Good, good. Now get to work. But I gotta stop digging once in a while. My hands are cold and I can't get them warm. You can't? No, you shouldn't have sewed up my pockets, boss. <laughs> well, Rochester. Rochester, the reason I did that is because I wanted to help you resist temptation. Why don't you let me and temptation slug it out on even terms? Because I know you'd throw the fight. Now listen, Rochester. Just a second, boss. Dig over there, will you, honey? <laughs> Rochester, have you got a girl down there? Rochester, have you got a girl down there? Empty your pockets, honey. This may be television. <laughs> Rochester, answer me. Who's down there with you? It's my sweetie. She's helping me dig. Well, I'll be... Rochester, how did you get your girl to go down in the mine? I called you, boss. I told her it was the tunnel of love. <laughs> oh, well, look, Rochester. Keep digging for another 12 hours. Then you can call it a day. I'll see you later. Goodbye. Goodbye. Oh, say, boss. Now what? I hope you won't be mad at me, but while I was digging for that gold, I had a piece of bad luck. What was it? I struck oil. <laughs> oh, darn it. Well, look, Rochester, just use the oil to wash over the gold and uh, wash off the gold and cheer up. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. Good old Rochester. Ah, <laughs> uh, one thing about Rochester, he's always willing to work. But, Mr. Benny... What is it, Sergeant Gillis? You can't take that gold away from here. Hmm? Hmm? Why, that's federal property. It belongs to Uncle Sam. It does? Well, that's swell. It couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Play, Phil. Never a day goes by, but what we read in the papers about food shortages and rising prices, and many a harried homemaker is looking around for the answers. Well, fortunately, indeed, cereals are plentiful, not rationed, and thrifty. So plan to serve more cereals, such as delicious grape nuts and grape nuts flakes. Both of these tempting, moldy-rich cereals provide whole-grain food values that makes each one a basic seven food. For Uncle Sam's nutrition program features cereals with whole-grain nourishment as a daily must. Grape nuts and grape nuts flakes provide some of the food essentials of meat, cheese, and other rationed foods. So when you serve these two luscious cereals, you're giving your family pleasure plus profit, grand eating and grand nourishment. Grape nuts and grape nuts flakes are each a thrifty buy. Get some tomorrow. Delicious, nutritious, economical, and a real treat. Uh, congratulations on your 168th birthday, fellas. So long, everybody. Good night. <laughs>